This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. My name's Neil White. Hello and welcome to the Big Inside View, the slightly shorter and less glamorous sister show of the big interview with Graham Hunter. Graham is about to talk El Clasico. We're less than 48 hours away from Barca v Real Madrid at the Camp Nou, and he's just across town from that beautiful stadium. But first, you can get hours and hours of extra big interview content every month at patreon.com forward slash Graham Hunter. Sign up there for £2.99 per month, and you get exclusive interviews and documentaries, competitions, Q&As, and you keep us on the road recording these shows. If you think the shows you get from us are worth three quid per month, please go to patreon.com forward slash Graham Hunter. You'll get the entire season's worth of social content straight away and you can cancel at any time with one click if you don't think you're getting a good deal. Graham, we're going to focus entirely on Barcelona versus Real Madrid. Barcelona already champions of Spain won the Copa del Rey for the double and have their eyes on an unbeaten domestic season, which would be a first. Real Madrid have made it to the final of the Champions League. They're going to attempt to make it three in a row there, unprecedented in the Champions League era. And all of this against the political backdrop of division, intimidation, injustice and acrimony surrounding the question of the Catalan referendum for independence. Like it or not, these two teams are often avatars for either side of that issue. But let's start with the Spanish lesson. Paseo, what does it mean and why is it important? Paseo, you pronounce it in English, guard of honour. Yes, guard of honour sounds more uh, like you would expect it to translate in Spain. I guess, I guess a lot of the socios understand something about this, but for those who don't, a paseo is a, is a guard of honour. Um, and a paseo is just like a little, a little passageway, a little, a little corridor. You know, I, I don't know why um, the term is, is less... Military, less formal in Spanish, a very, you know, empirical, militarized, formal society and language compared to guard of honor. I think it says something it's more evocative. Spanish football certainly was a much more, um, what was it? Not much more. Maybe Spanish football is only 20, 25 years out of date with, with Britain in that where I, I think a sense of um, dignity and honor and, 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 and doing the right thing was part of British football for for quite a long time. And, and I can't remember specific guards of honour um, in British football, but I'm certain that there have been some. And, and in both your and my career, socios will be yelling at their um, iPods right now. But um, in Spanish football, in, in the past, for a trophy winner, it was, it was pretty much de rigueur. And... 
the last time that a classical was played, Neil, with um, one of the combatants already newly champions and the other side agreeing to 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 say well done was in it's, it's I, I find it remarkable that it's the classical this weekend that we're previewing is going to be played on may 6th the last time it happened was exactly 10 years ago may may 7th in that season when Bernd Schuster won the title for Real Madrid in his debut season this is Ernesto Valverde's debut season for Barcelona back then, I think Schuster's team had in the region of a 14, 15 point lead uh, by the time the, the Classical came around on week 36, just as it is now. Um, the gap on Atleti for Barca, Atleti are currently second, I think is 11, Madrid of a game in hand on Atleti, the gap is is 15. The the echoes are, I think, are pretty dramatic Barca were third place then behind Villarreal 10 years ago. Madrid are third at the moment, as I said. And I don't know whether it was... I don't. I certainly don't ascribe um, gentlemanly values to Barcelona and not to Real Madrid at all. Uh, but back then, Barcelona acceded to the idea that because the title had already been won uh, by Real Madrid, I think the previous game, uh, that... There should be a guard of honour, and and I remember very well that at the Bernabeu, they were just under. They were, I think there was some construction work. There was just under eighty thousand people there, just under normal capacity now. And um, Xavi and Puyol, if if people haven't been at the Bernabeu, it's it's got this. There's a um, metal uh, mesh between the, the 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 two sides of the tunnel as it divides as you come down the dressing room. Quite down, quite vertiginous stairs at the, at the Bernabeu into a little tiny little concrete stepping stone vestibule kind of thing, and then up a steep step of stairs onto the pitch. And they, they lined up downstairs out of view, and Barca came out first. Xavi and Puyol led um, the vanquished Barcelona out onto the pitch, jeered roundly, and that's what sport's all about, as far as I'm concerned. If you if you get beaten by your 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 rivals that you like to mock and you like to defeat yourself and and you come out and you get whistled and jeered then you take your licks so as madrid then trot out 10 years ago i really was struck by the fact that two ultra competitive leaders um, neither of them were very popular around the camp now raul as captain and sergio ramos already by 2008 a vice captain really it made a point of nipping across to both sides of the line and just a firm handshake in terms of really it, it was it, there was no way that there was gloating or salt in the wounds this, this, it was a thank you and, and Raul is that kind of person Ramos I, I like hugely but and, and he's not necessarily a taunter but he is very belligerent and, and he has what the Spanish like to call mala leche in him he's, I've often said that PK and Ramos are, are two sides of the same coin and I, I and I like both of them very much individually and as and as, as competitors. But both of those guys handle the moment really, really well. Um, there are a couple Snyder, I think um, the Dutch, the, the Dutch kind of either don't want to participate or kind of look a little bit haughty and um, marched on the Gago, who I've never liked. Fernando Gago, the Argentinian, paper thin sort of. Uh, Flower in the wind, midfielder um, haughtily marches down the middle of it as if, yeah, this is to the manor born. If he'd done a regal sort of 
Queenie wave, then I wouldn't have been surprised. And the game's 4 1. You know, Madrid utterly destroy a, a Barcelona who've, who've lost their, you know, there's there's no meat on their bones. Rijkaard has been lost in sporting and personal terms for months. It, it's now pretty um, famous that this, this was the, the the turning point. You know, behind the scenes, the, the directors were disgusted. The appointment of Pep Guardiola was already very much assured they'd gone through the PowerPoint meeting with Jose Mourinho. They'd considered Laudrup, they'd considered Valverde, they'd considered uh, Laurent Blanc. And although far from announced, Pep Guardiola and, and Joan Laporta had pacted that he was taking over. Reichard knew he was leaving. Um, as I say, his 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 arrangements in his life were, were you know, it's just it higgledy-piggledy. And subsequently, having spoken many times to... Well, Terry Henry and Xavi and Puyol particularly, but Ida Gujonson too. About half that team I've spoken to about this night. And and the, the ones that struck me particularly were Xavi saying that they could have lost by seven. Xavi being sent off, which just to add to the mystery of the whole thing, he, he, he was sent off only for the second time there in the 90th minute and just in pure frustration about having been... You know, it, it was like that Wiley Coyote or or Tom and Jerry thing where you know the 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 villain gets run over by something and they're 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 actually flat in the ground and all you can see is the one dimensional body and face. That's what it looked like. Chavi lost his temper, got sent off. He was sent off just the other week as if to prepare for this ten year anniversary. He was sent off in Qatar for only the third time in his life and was very unhappy about it too. So the, you know the the spirits are moving, Neil. Um, but that night uh, catalyzed um, something extraordinary. And, and given that you pointed out that Barcelona, 10 years later, have won seven of of the, that decade's league titles, um, you can see that while the thinking minds had, had begun to plot a different way from Rijkaard in the months leading up to that humiliation, that guard of honour is famous for a number of different reasons. It's something that Madridistas will obviously never forget. They enjoyed that night as much as they've enjoyed almost any classical for, I don't know, since the since the 5-0 when Michael Ladrop changed sides and played in the space of a year, exactly a year, in two 5-0s, one for either side. So, subsequent to that, this is, this is the first time that a classical has taken place with a recently crowned champion taking part. And Madrid have said for weeks now, we're not forming a guard of honour. And the reason is, um, it's a, it's whether it's they, they haven't got the honour or whether it's um, legitimate, is up to you to decide, everybody to decide. But when Madrid won the World Club Championship and, and Barca played them, Barca didn't give them a guard of honour for that World Club. On the, on the, on the premise, which I think was wrong, um, of, well, we didn't, compete in that tournament therefore we don't line up to salute somebody who didn't vanquish us now um, I, I, I think that's pretty wafer thin um, personally and um, what it's led to is a decision at Real Madrid but led vociferously by Zidane who said ah, we're not doing one you know I don't know what the French to for bollocks to you is but um that's definitely been the sentiment. And 
I've I've enjoyed watching the debate with Ramos going, great title, you know, we salute them, well done, they, they're the legitimate winners, but but we're not doing a pasillo, and I think that's enough. If you say congratulations, well done, and not even through gritted teeth, T- to me that's enough. But there are many people around Barcelona apart from Andres Iniesta. Um, the captain is interesting in that he 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 doesn't often loudly take sides on anything. He'll talk about issues, but in this one he said, look, it's, it's not relevant. It's, it's far less important than people are making it out to be. Now, I'll, I'll give you any money that Gerard Piquet doesn't feel that way. Well, just for just for example, you know he's got a He's, he's got a WhatsApp group called Enhorabuena, which is congratulations, which he shares with the Spain players at Real Madrid. And he's been very vocal in his Players' Tribune piece about um, last year they were all posing shirts off and muscles and we've won this and we've won that. He said, it's a lot quieter this year. And he admits that he uses this WhatsApp group to mercilessly taunt the Real Madrid players, notably, obviously, Sergio Ramos with... Uh, where are you this season? Um, and he, there was one remark, I'm not sure it was Jerry's, but somebody said, uh, no, you know, on Barca's logic about not giving a guard of honour to a team who didn't compete in your competition, it's fair enough, because Real Madrid never competed in this league, which is really brutal. But Gerard Piquet and Jordi Alba and, and Busquets, and I'm fairly sure Luis Suarez, would, would have given the option, so yeah, guard of honour, you know, get on it. And if Chavi or Puyo were back there, because you know, Chavi described it to me as the worst night of his of his entire career. So it 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 probably should take place. Uh, there are reasons why it's not going to take place. Um, as you can probably tell, I find the whole thing really amusing because neither of the clubs are are mine. Neither of them own my heart or my devotion. So as an amused onlooker, I, th- I thought you thought, and I'm glad you you said you would raise this. I'm glad you did. It's 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 a lovely sideshow, and maybe you know. I think when when you use the marketing phrase about sell the sizzle, not the sausage, I think that describes the Premier League in in many instances. The, the classical's got the sizzle, and when you cut into that sausage and taste it, it's 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 like Lawson's. Therefore, when I I'm enjoying the sideshow of the Guard of Honour and the Paseo and the arguments and the fact that even though Real Madrid have, have kind of made it pretty bloody clear they're not going to do it, there'll be some waiting until, you know, that sort of three minutes before kickoff when, when to see who comes out first, just to see if there's been a, a change of heart afterwards, irrespective of the result. Um, players will be asked about it again. Um, but, you know, whether it happens or it doesn't happen, they'll be asked about it. So I enjoy that little bit of um, bit of sideshow, all the fun of the fair, the smell of sawdust and the cotton candy. But it's still the it's still the you know the hot rides and the and the, the shooting at targets with guns and darts. The actual fun of the fair that you know I'm looking forward to most on Sunday night at quarter to nine Spanish time at a full camp now. To be honest, I think I'm with. Andres Iniesta on this one. A lot of fuss about nothing, but at least it gave us a good excuse to do a history lesson on El Clasico. Listen, next up, I want to put you in Zidane's shoes for a second. Madrid, it seems to me, have a deeper squad than Barcelona and a deeper squad than Liverpool, who, of course, they meet in the final of the Champions League three weeks away. Is there any chance 
that their Madrid manager starts thinking about placing key players in cold storage for a Clasico? Yeah, it's. I think no, as you've posed it, and you've deliberately posed it so that there's the whole myriad of ways to answer it. So unfortunately, to to preview a Sunday Clasico, we can't wait until the team news on on Sunday morning. And therefore, I'm guessing, Neil, that Isco and Danny Carvajal possibly don't make it, which isn't a direct answer to your question. But if you're already without Carvajal, which I, I think they're likely to, I think they're sure to be without Carvajal. And, and Isco, although he trained ahead of the Bayern Munich second leg, the, the pain was such in his shoulder. He's got a damaged sort of shoulder-neck um, injury. Um... He might immediately fit into your category of maybe we maybe we better just it, it was an emergency classical and and the title was at stake and there was a point between them and and you know four more matches left. I think they'd probably say, "Isco, we're we're going to bandage you up. And you're you're going to give us sixty minutes." I don't think that happens necessarily now. And then you've got different cases. Varan, you'll remember in in the middle of that fabulous match. I, I just thought it was mistakes and all. Um, you know, when you water ski or ski at high speed, occasionally you fall off, but it's or surf. It's damn exciting to watch in the meantime. So there were mistakes in that sort of high speed sort of white knuckle ride of of two two against Bayern, and, and about fifteen minutes in, and for the next six or seven minutes, Varane, you know, looks as if he isn't going to make it, and I think he gritted his his little French don't and um, said, "I'm I'm not giving I'm not giving up," and therefore. Well, Varane might start. Varane's a, a doubt. And, and the midfield, you know, are knackered. You know, Modric ran himself to an absolute standstill. So I don't mean to dodge a straight answer to your question, but I think Zidane's um, dilemma is actually a bit more complex than the one you posed at me if I were the manager. And, and I think if everybody was largely fit, you know, it's the end of a season, so there'll be niggles and tiredness and pain. But if everybody was largely fit, they'd go all out to win this classical because it's a wonderful way for them to try and overtake Atleti for second place. It's a wonderful, wonderful way for them to um, repay Barca for winning three 0 at the at the Bernabeu in December just before Christmas. It would be—I don't think Zidane necessarily thinks this way, but institutionally, club-wise, and certainly for for players like Ronaldo and, and Ramos, who are ultra-competitive beasts. To take the shine off of Barca's double by by winning this Clasico and then going to win in Kiev, although they they want to win in Kiev for wholly different reasons, that 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 will matter to every Madrid fan and every Madrid supporting journalist. But it, it would also matter to some of the players. So I think there is a dilemma, and I think what you've teased out is the fact that um, unless there are really really clear signs of recuperation from certain players, there there has to be a, a chance that. Isco Carvajal and and two maybe three more don't don't face Barcelona. We'll see. We'll see. It's it's there's a long time between Friday morning and, and naming a team on on sometime late Sunday afternoon. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Yeah, you mentioned um, the chance for them to take the shine off of Barcelona's domestic achievement and the possibility of an unbeaten season. I'm, I'm beginning to get the impression when I speak to you about this that it maybe doesn't seem as big a deal in Spain as for example Arsenal's invincible season um, was in England or Celtic's last time out in Scotland was is that is that right is that the way things are well you know I, I can't remember week by week when the invincibles were playing and, and I know that the media naturally built it up but I do know from having talked to Arsenal players subsequently that they weren't obsessed by it. It wasn't um, what they were obsessed by was winning the title. So I think there's a direct equivalent um, to, to Football Club Barcelona from that Wenger Arsenal Invincible side. I know, and, and not only have I spoken to several of the Arsenal players about that experience, um, I, I now regularly broadcast on La Liga TV with uh, Lauren. And their their mentality was... You know, the, the the fewer goals we let in, the harder we were. The, the the fact that we're not losing games means we're going to win the title sooner rather than later. And at that point, with the title wrapped up, there was kind of not a challenge from Wenger, but he said to the Arsenal players, "Okay, look, you know, it's it's going to be your call because you go out there and play. We won the title, but how about adding, you know, a layer of gloss on it? How about stinging everybody by going, yeah, yeah? Now, I think that's." just about identical to what's happened here. You know, if you could give the Barcelona players to a man, uh, having lost in Seville, having lost a couple of games retrospectively and gone through against Rome, every single hand would go in the air saying, we want a shot at the treble and, you know, bollocks to unbeaten for the season. Now that they're out and now that they have won this title and Iniesta has announced that he's leaving... The idea of giving him a little treble of his own cup league and unbeaten for a season, which has never been done in the modern era. It's never been done in um, a 38-match league. I, I mean, the last time it was done, I think it was in the 20s. This would be of weight and of worth now 
um, and, and therefore Barcelona's players will want to beat Madrid in the Clasico for its own reasons. Simple as that. But in the remaining games, so long as they don't lose to Madrid on Sunday, which, which I have to say I don't think they will, I, I think it's now become retrospectively important to Barca's players as it did to um, Arsenal's players um, back in the Invincible season. And I have a feeling that the achievement maybe becomes greater the further away you get from it yeah. too. Yeah. I can understand that it's not something that is... It's, it's often true, isn't it? I think it's whether youth feel that's to, to do with um, in, in the hurly-burly of a moment and, and this football culture of game by game and only think about and buy and focus, which is real, or whether it's to do with, you know, we venerate, don't we? You, do, do you feel... I, I feel that not just nostalgia, but reminding people that, you know, football existed before it became so marketed, that helps retrospective awareness of achievements, don't you think? I don't know. In case of the the Invincible season, I think it's something that stands out because there's no real point of comparison. You know, for... I mean, it's it's a lifetime between the Invincibles, uh, Wenger's Invincibles and, and the, the the previous team that achieved it. It's, it's interesting. I think it looks different uh, the further away from it that, that you get. I just wondered if it was because it's something that Real Madrid don't have uh, and it's something that Barcelona are seeking, maybe that that would be an extra incentive for them to deny it to them. It's, it's become so. It, now that they've won the title and the double and the camp in the Champions League, its importance has, has, has increased for sure. If they manage to achieve unbeaten throughout the season, double, domestic double, you know, does that change... The Ernesto Valverde story, I mean, so far he seems to have less authorship on these achievements than, for example, Guardiola did or Luis Enrique even. Yeah, it's interesting you say that. You know, the brand of football is less attractive than certainly the the Guardiola era. That second half of that treble season under Luis Enrique was astounding. It it was different. It it, it wasn't as, to me, as beguiling as, as something that sucked me in that made me want to understand it that 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 was magical that felt genuinely felt Mozartian that that you know that Lucien Enrique second half of the treble was the Ramones and it was rock and roll two minute 20 second anthems it was blitzkrieg it was it was Johnny Didi you know Joey up front um just going mental with the enjoyment of leather jackets having guitars and an audience and fringes and dark glasses. That 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 was Neymar, Messi and Suarez just sort of um, thinking life doesn't get sweeter than this, and we can not just beat anybody but rip anybody to shreds. So it it was it, and it was a second life for Xavi and and so Lucien Riquet, I don't think was given anything like as much authorship as um, as Pep was of his era. And I think that's right. Lucien Ricci made good decisions. Things worked out. His his personnel skills increased. And I think we're already um, tessellating into what, what Valverde did in that he, he, as I said, in the, in the, in the sort of assessment of the league, um, big inside view, to, to to not only get respect from Messi, but to recruit him, to 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 have him fully on side, not just in a man to man relationship or a managerial relationship, but how we're going to play and 
how best does it suit you? Um, and this is what I want to do in midfield. Can you interact with that properly? I think people understand the, the types of debate that went on and his trust in Vermalen at the right time. His um, generally his his very good use of timings of substitutions and which guy to choose. Substitutions is the one, you know, if we're talking about authorship, this is the one sort of blank page he left in the book whereby he didn't rotate well enough in order to win the Champions League. Risk and and risk management and knowing when to spin the die. The Fergie element, Fergie always had that ability to risk, but he he had it from an, an, an amalgamation of talent, experience, and, and a love of a gamble. Now, Valverde didn't have that, and at the point when the league was was finished, in name but not arithmetic, he, he had the opportunity to rotate differently, take more risks, perhaps lose a game or two if it had to be that way in order to be better prepared phys- phys- physically for the assault of Rome. So... I I think that again with your argument about retrospect, I think Valverde will emerge with with a, with different kudos from the squad management in terms of training level, attitude, relationship with key players like Busquets and Piquet and Messi, um, all of that timing of in matches, reading a game and who to put on and why, again tick, and and he was remorselessly dedicated as his players were they were in tune about win the league win the league win the league so a lot of authorship but he, he you know he needs to take uh, a culpability and a learning lesson it's very difficult to win the treble and therefore there's n- you're not hearing any castigation from me but I, I think objectively you can look back and say that he hasn't said even told the truth about Rome and saying that it wasn't because we were physically run down well that's wrong and their their relationship with the, with the Copa has become pyrrhic. It's cost too much to win it, albeit that 5-0 in Madrid on Iniesta's last appearance in the Copa del Rey actually didn't work out too badly. OK, look, a couple more questions. Um, and they're both about, I guess, the, the wider lens on this fixture. Um, first, tell us a bit about the, the backdrop to the to the political scene in Barcelona. You've lived there for many years now. Can you start by telling me how your hometown feels right now compared to, say, five, six, seven years ago? Yeah, it's a, there's been a wake-up call because, you know, when I arrived here in 2002, there were um, a lot of people who were naively asking for Catalan independence and independent sports teams. And they, were, they used to say to me, look, 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 we've got an independent roller hockey team therefore football must follow immediately we'll have a there'll be a catalan team in the world cup in for you grow up and then the the way in which the 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 young um educated classes began to mobilize and and hone their arguments and generate wider understanding of of ills in central government and then central government began to have revealed um, as, as was true of Catalan politicians too, um, quite a degree of mismanagement and in some cases utter corruption. The momentum grew to to this um, state we have now, where there were, you know, um, there there was a sort of uh, legal um, referendum, and then there was an illegal one. And from that day, 
in on the first day of October last year when the police waded into, in my view, completely innocent citizens. Catalan president in absentia is in limbo in Germany. A, a European-wide arrest warrant having been issued um, for him, but the Germans saying we, we actually, our legal system doesn't see the case to repatriate him. Um, there, Pep Guardiola, for those who haven't followed the debate, wears that yellow ribbon because yellow ribbon, yellow in general, has become a symbol for protest at the way in which um, three Geordies, three Catalan um, activists have been have been jailed, kind of in a in a preemptive way, r- rather than either having a court date set for any alleged um, demonstrable criminal activity. So when the cup final um, took place um, two weeks ago in um, Madrid and and many Catalans turned up to support Barcelona wearing yellow T-shirts and they had those T-shirts taken off them by the police. So now wearing yellow is potentially a criminal offence. If I tell you that rather than describing the atmosphere, I think every person who's listening in in a democratic society, whether that be in the UK, Ireland, or around the world, because we know we have sources around the world. I don't find that acceptable. I don't find that right. It's not the way I was brought up. That's not what we were taught in our country. To me, that's not democratic. It's it's not a it's not a vicious invasion of your your human rights that you're not allowed to wear yellow. But it's the beginning. You know, if you're if you're not allowed to wear yellow, then quite soon, what are you what are you not allowed to say? You're not allowed to protest. Yeah. Yeah, you're yeah. not allowed to. You're not allowed to protest. They were stopped by cops who said, "Take that off," and they took the garment away from them and stored them in a box. Okay, so this game is on their home turf, but you've already seen protests in Barcelona met with brutal policing. So, is do you anticipate a freer expression of protest inside the stadium this time? I don't know, but I'll tell you something, Neil. First of all, <laughs> in in central government or in the in any pocket of Spain where they they feel that. The, the demand for Catalan independence is 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 wrong, and it in is and is against the constitution and therefore is criminal. They must be thanking for for Roma, because although the, although the draw paired Roma with Liverpool, there was a point at which four one up Barcelona were going into a hat for the semi finals, where there could have been um, three games out of four would have been classicos. Um, one of which would have been at the Bernabeu, two here. In, in in terms of society, in terms of animosity, in terms of entrenched positions, in terms of poisonous words, in terms of the the the, the public safety dangers, I, I'm not sure that it possibly wasn't relatively fortunate that Spain hasn't had to deal with that. I, I think so. This game, the Mossosta squad are, are different from the national police who, who were wielding batons on, on the first of October. The Mossos should be the ones in charge of this game, unless the government imposes a different policing scheme. At which point, I, I would worry. The local police are capable of, of handling the arrival. Not many Madrid fans travel through. I I thoroughly hope that the, the Madrid team, Mattel and Bus, is is not only well protected, but is treated with respect by people in this part of the world. You know, I'll be furiously angry if, if, you know, decent sportsmen can't come and do their work 
safely and and confidently that that will disgust me and in the game I think that you know in 17th minute they chant for independencia you've been there when they do that there will be banners about liberty there will be banners about this is this is not Spain this is Catalonia there will be yellow everywhere that it will be a it will be a frenzied atmosphere the, the the players will want nothing to do with that nothing none of the players will invoke that to try and aid them win and there is a chance that that, that distracts Barcelona's players from the football and 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 makes Madrid grit their teeth and and if Madrid do that then you know I salute them you, you use every stimulus you can find in competitive sport what I, you're right to mention it it is a backdrop but what I want is that is that the this is a to me this is a really valuable experience every time it happens whether it be twice a year or six times a year I, I find this enriching you know, I thrill to it. It's a test for your vocabulary. It's a test for what you can see, what you can anticipate. I, I'm, I'm, in, I'm just intrigued by the fact that Barca have won three, Neil, three of their last 11 home classicals in all competitions. You know, they were pumped here 3-1 in the Super Cup in that game where even when they equalised with a completely manufactured non-penalty, um, Madrid ripped away and scored two, one of which being that phenomenal Ronaldo goal where he stripped off his shirt got a second booking pushed the referee you know got sent off ah man and you know Madrid come having lost you know having only won two of their last ten Clásicos at the Bernabeu it's it's a remarkable sequence the away team is usually a, a lot more confident in this match now so when I say to you I, I think that it could easily be an inspired Madrid and maybe it starts draw win Barcelona or or you know lead Madrid and then draw win Barcelona. I, I think Barcelona have the stronger squad, the stronger desire, the greater um I I genuinely love the idea that the home side in the Clasico, which used to be not a banker win, but Madrid didn't win all that often at the camp now and, and but for years Barcelona couldn't win by the Bernabeu and were intimidated by it. And that's completely the reverse. And the away team has to pack brown shorts in in their in their luggage. I love it. I love it. And but I think, for reasons that maybe we don't have time to go into now, but for a variety of reasons, I suspect that what we're going to see is a Barcelona side who who've only lost one second half all season in in the league, and that was to the Las Palmas penalty. In every other second half of of match matches in La Liga, they've either drawn or won. That, that's what I think will separate the sides on Sunday night. And whether he's fit or not to start, this is Iniesta's last Clásico. And maybe that is a way to tie up. That offers Madrid a way out in that they could say, we're giving Andres Iniesta a card of honour. And uh, bollocks to your league title, but <laughs> and Andres deserves something. And, and maybe that would satisfy all tastes, which is why it'll never happen in a Clásico. <laughs> That's it for another Big Inside View. We hope you enjoy our Classico and keep listening for more big interviews with Graham Hunter coming very soon. We'll also have some big World Cup news to tell you about soon. And a reminder that for much more content like this, you can become a social of the big interview at patreon.com forward slash Graham Hunter. For £2.99 per month, you get more interviews, documentaries and Q&As with Graham. Sign up now and you get the whole season of extra content straight away. And if you don't think you're getting bang for your three bucks a month, you can cancel at any time with a click. Our socios keep us on the road recording these interviews. Please think about becoming part of our club at Patreon. 
com forward slash Graham Hunter. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.